Hello, the internet, and welcome to this episode of the Weekly Zeitgeist. Uh, these are some of our favorite segments from this week, all edited together into one uh, nonstop infotainment laugh extravaganza. Uh, yeah. So, without further ado, here is the Weekly Zeitgeist. Please welcome the brilliant and talented Ayumi Shinozaki. I am Ayumi from a far off place with Jack and Miles hosting TDZ. And Side Gang will hear a pod that's second rate. And Anna's saying, This is why you all should stream. Come again. (laughs) As today, I also host a podcast. Order hard from me, I'll Ooh. ship it to your door. Back on Daily Zeit, <laughs> talking trends that's right. I'm on Zoom with Jack and Miles, right where I belong. Ooh! Wow, <laughs> look at that. <laughs> Slow Did clap you? with a single tear. Yeah, <laughs> that was by the brew over on Zycord. The brew. Wow. Damn. Okay, okay. brew, brew. We beautifully see you, performed you. with art. <laughs> yeah. What's new? Are you? How you living? Yeah, What's I... new? How's the weather in Japan? I'm. I. Uh, I haven't yeah. been in three years because of everything. So I have to keep asking you. How is it yes. there? <laughs> well, weather-wise, it's been a little back and forth. September has not decided whether or not it's going to be fall yet. Mm-hmm. So it's been a little wild. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we're in the middle of some, I guess, political stuff because uh, Suga's going to be our, our current prime minister who was appointed by Prime Minister Abe last year mm-hmm. when he quit because he couldn't. Well, he said it's for his health, but he said he couldn't really handle all the criticism for his uh, his his reaction to covid basically mm-hmm. but now suga is the one who's stepping down so everyone's talking about who the government's going to appoint a new prime minister and maybe we'll get an election it's still not clear it, right yeah yeah that's uh what is are things about to kick off there too like campaigns and things pretty soon well they're saying if there is an election it'll be in october but everything has been like maybe 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 i right, don't know right, why right. oh so they might just put someone up in this position again, just like right. last year, which is not great because it's already been pretty bad and it's going to still stay right wing. We might get our first female prime minister who is basically a fusion of Margaret Thatcher and Nancy Reagan. So, oh, I love to see that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially in a changing world right now, we need mm. we need more people who are cons- who want to conserve the old way. <laughs> Yeah, it's a terrible, (laughs) terrible fucking recipe. Pretend it's the 80s. That'll Mm. that'll work. I mean, that's what COVID (laughs) deniers want to do. Like, it's 2018. There you go. It's got to keep up. I know it's tough. I know things are moving quick, but that's that's the challenge of living in this era. Mm. (laughs) And you guys were talking before we started recording. You're both sipping on the same beverage. Mugicha. Yeah. Mugicha. Yeah. Mugicha. Chai's like tea. tea. But yeah, Mugi, that, uh, that barley tea. It's so easy to make. It, you can just throw your tea bag in your little, you know, uh, pitcher or whatever for a couple hours. Then it's just gold, uh, mm. and it's very healthy. And, and then you put a bunch of ice in it and just slam it. 
<laughs> no, nah, I mean, I keep it in my refrigerator so it comes out cold. You know what I mean? Okay. But mm-hmm. it's it's also, it's got health benefits, you know, antioxidants, the vitamins. It's good for your digestion. And a bunch of caffeine, right? That'll nah. like just fucking fuel you. Just nah, get you. none of that. Sorry, Jack. <laughs> huh? just, nope. Why is it so popular, bro? <laughs> Wait, well, so what does it do? <laughs> Wait, like, so what does it do for me? Like, how does it take me out of self so that I just don't feel anything? <laughs> no. Nah. For me, it just, I think of like being in Japan because this is just something that was always in the refrigerator at like any of my family members' houses, especially in the summer. So yeah. when the weather's warm, I love to bust out that mugicha. And I, I tell people, if you like something that's like water, it's, it's not, there's no sugar or anything like that. It's not acidic. You know, just have, have a little of that. You know, yeah. good for you. It's almost like a more gentle water, like because it, the barley taste is like so subtle that it almost replaces like any aftertaste that water might have yeah no for sure it's really yeah yeah definitely emily we like to ask our guests what is something from your search history something from my search history is so embarrassing but i have been saying i've been talking about poppers on stage and i realized i didn't know what poppers were so (laughs) i was like i need to like know what I'm saying, you know, just as like, uh, I don't know, a courtesy to the audience, because uh-huh. I've been talking about Lexapro as my poppers. And it, now I realize that's not even they don't even that doesn't make sense because poppers <laughs> are not little tiny pills that you pop like, you know, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, like yeah. I didn't know how people because I'm a little nerd, you know, I'm like, I don't know how people do drugs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> so I had to look up poppers and where to get them and how to get them and, um, and give them and a now, try, right? And, and now, to... like, now I gotta give them a try. <laughs> now I know you can get them at a bodega or something. Um, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. poppers. This is pop- so funny. <laughs> I thought they were just pills. You just pop them. Yeah, that's why they were called poppers. And then I had a bag full of poppers at the movies the other night, and it was great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. To clarify, because I feel like I, I only just learned what poppers are. There's something you, like, inhale, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they uh, get, get you high blood. and also loosen your uh, muscles, including your butthole Sphincter. muscle. Little, yeah. yeah. little butthole. Yeah. 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 That's so nice. Wait, did you have a moment where someone was like, do you know what poppers are? No, <laughs> I always do this. Do you guys, do you do this? And I start talking about something for a while and then I realize <laughs> I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. And then I'm like, oh, I should Google that for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, we do. It's called this podcast. <laughs> it's all the time. it's <laughs> called you're Actually. listening to it. Nobody <laughs> stopped me. Nobody told me, Emily, what are you talking about? They were just like, let her carry on. She will figure it out eventually. Or did uh, they yeah. just think? Wait, oh, I'm sorry. How are you using it in context again? I'm trying to even see if someone could Lexapro see like, like is oh. her poppers. So yeah, I was I, talking about like depression on stage. I you know, like uh, I have seasonal depression four times a year. Uh, that right. and then like oh Lexapro, <laughs> I'm on you know Lexapro. I take I do poppers. I call Lexapro or something like that. And right, right, right. It just didn't. It, I, Maybe, I, I think I mean, it's it one of those drugs that gets your you head high. scratching though. You're like, hmm, yeah, interesting. <laughs> So Maybe she knows something I don't. <laughs> yeah. Or like yeah. what it's a metaphorical relaxation of the sphincter that occurs. There are so many people who went home after one of your stand-up sets and tried anal on Lexapro and <laughs> had, you know, Mixed uh, interesting experiences. Who knows? Oh, I hope they, I, I mean, that's really bad because if you start Lexapro, I don't, I, I mean, this is gross, right. but it's, you're going to poop a lot. You know? Oh. Hey, so, you know, oh, you I didn't even. What, what is so that? that no, I'm on poppers, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> poppers are my Lexapro. 
<laughs> What's something you think is overrated? You know, I, I was going through my list of overrated things, which is alphabetical. And I got I got two for you. I don't know if we'll we'll agree on the first one, but I think the Met Gala this year struck me struck me as kind of disassociated from the world. And I felt bad because I love museums, but I was like, there's a lot of other shit going on, you know, and there's so much money involved in this. And could that money go somewhere else? So maybe it's just me being a curmudgeon. I don't know. What do, what do you guys think about that? Like, I, I don't want to be people should do what they want with their money, I guess, you know, and it's it's kind of high-roading folks to say like, oh, how much did that cost? Blah, 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 blah. And I loved I loved the AOC dress, Tax the Rich, right? right. And there was, there was another one we were talking about earlier that I, uh, what was that? There was another. Terry uh, Levine, Peggy, oh, Peg, Peg the Patriarchy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that one. Uh, but I, I don't know. I felt like maybe there was a, a disconnect. It felt a little like Hunger Gamesy with all yeah. the stuff people have been through. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I feel like the Met Gala is always, uh, you know, when the like most wealthy like are like, okay, let's this is where we get to dress up like the capital and Hunger Games. Yeah, let's do it's called one percent or Halloween. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it happens in New York every year. It's not for poor people because you can't afford a forty thousand dollar ticket or yeah. whatever it costs. But, but yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know. It's it's you know, everyone's trying to do what they can do. Mm-hmm. Some things seem meaningful, other things like you know, at the same time, like I'm just me personally, I'm not as interested in the Met Gala as I used to be. Mm-hmm. So I I forgot it happened until I saw the pictures going. I was like, oh, right, 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 right. Okay. Right. That's okay. a thing. Yeah. And and so, yeah, I don't know what the, who the audience is exactly. Yeah. That, I mean, that's a good point. Again, like, I, I, I'm, I love museums. And the first thing I did was I, I had not really known much about this event. And so I was like, all right, what are they raising money for? You know what I mean? Because if they're raising money for like literacy, or they're raising money to combat disease or something, then I'm the one being an asshole, right? So I had, mm-hmm. to, I had to check that real quick. And it goes to, it's fundraising for the Costume Institute of the Met. Anyway, I I shouldn't yeah. yuck somebody's yum. You yeah, know what I, I mean? And fashion is important people. and cool and like a totally valid art form. And yes. I think like historic yeah. fashions are, are very interesting. Um, mm-hmm. They but, got like seven centuries worth. In, yeah. their, in their collection. So it's, I think it's a repository of some amazing human feats, which is why I had a second answer for overrated. And I'm sure it's something that's been on the show before. It's definitely not a hot take. I think monarchies are overrated. Again, I stuck with the M's on the list. Uh-huh. I, just like in general, monarchies, yeah. I feel like are overrated. And a lot of folks who live in monarchical societies have very clearly told me that they disagree with with that with that idea yeah because there's this symbolism you know there's this culture there's this tradition this defines our you know group identity or whatever but also i have to point out there are some there are some royals who would tend to agree with that because they left in in the case of the uk right and they Mm -hmm. moved to canada i think and And california california (laughs) and uh i i don't know you know maybe one of my friends was telling me I was being a jerk about this because he was like, you know what it is, dude? I think you're just mad that you weren't born into wow. a monarchy because wow. then you'd be all about it. They hate us because they ain't us. That <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, it's, mm-hmm. 
I had a, a yeah, I had a moment during the Trump presidency where I started wondering if monarchies are better because they like separate out the pageantry and like the like there's something almost like spiritual about like the like the role of the monarchy and mm. it but they're completely powerless which is like now nowadays which I think is nice so that you just have bureaucrats who are in the leadership roles and not somebody who like you're trying to ascribe this like religious like aura around which I, th- I think America has the monarchy and the prime minister role kind of combined into a single position in the president. And that's yeah, the bad first for family. our country. Yeah. No, but yeah. yeah. Also, the monarchy is kind of weird. It's kind of weird. I mean, look, you're going to get the same the problems place. either way, because right. that's true. <laughs> the end of the day, no matter who you think's in power, there's plenty of information out there to tell you who is really in power. And then you go from there because it's yes, it seems like there are. No one is like seems more or less susceptible to this kind of stuff, but I don't know. It's I'm mm-hmm. like I God, America. Yeah, we have, like ours is the the first family, and the, mm-hmm. it's just put in. Everyone just thinks no one can do wrong there because we're yeah, the right. president. Like there right. is this weird default that the president could never do anything wrong. When mm-hmm. you say things like presidents are most, they're you know they're war criminals. If you really Look yeah. at it all on paper. They're committing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't. Like, let's not talk about it. Not my yeah. president. Yeah. Well, there's a reason that the U.S. has never agreed to giving the International Criminal Court any yep. sort of jurisdiction and pump the brakes real quick if the conversation yeah. ever gets within a mile of that direction. But I like I see what you're saying. There's also definitely a valid argument that the U.S. in practice is an aristocracy. It has a lot of aristocratic values, you know, like to your point, Miles, follow the money to find the power, things like that. It it goes quickly into some cynical, possibly conspiratorial territory, but that does not make it untrue. And, uh, and, you know, that Jack, the thing about that uh, powerless, what you say, relatively toothless idea of a monarchy, like a constitutional monarchy or some other kind of caveated monarchy. If I remember the law correctly, in the case of the United Kingdom, the queen can technically do a lot of stuff, like can make a decree or can change the law, but it's phrased some something like comma with the understanding that they won't actually do this. Right, right. Which is... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that was uh, the Earl of Montbatten in The Crown, like the last season of The Crown. There was a like planned coup that they were trying to get like this very popular ish, like Lord aristocrat to organize. But they would need the sign off of the queen, which seems crazy. <laughs> You're like, if we get the queen, we're good. So, yeah, I mean, it's not it's not perfect, but in practice. What is something you think is underrated, Maggie? Late night fast food drive throughs mm-hmm. Last night mm-hmm. after a show, Danielle Perez and I went trying to find some, just some drive through fast food place. And it's like, this world is like opening back up. And like LA restaurants never did stay open for like super long. So these are kind of important. We went to like two different drive throughs that were closed. And it's like, excuse me, sir. What? Like we are in the middle of, we're hungry in a pandemic. Like, what are y'all doing? Yeah. Like, this is a necessary. I feel like late night fast food drive throughs are a necessary cog in the late night yeah, situation. Yeah, exactly. This is why these are all essential uh, jobs. 
You right. know what I mean? Right. Like everything that is like to keep us sustained, give us sustenance, whatever, grocery store, fast food, things like that. We we need that. Yeah. We need to we need to exalt these people because at the same time, I, I there's so many times when you're left with like the, the only option you do have is possibly some kind of fast food or a gas station I've yeah. done before. And you don't want to make that you don't want to make that 1 a.m. dinner at a gas station. Yeah, it's not good. I mean, sometimes you just like, oh, man, I haven't eaten since lunch and I got to drive back to like wherever I live. Let me just have a little something, a little nosh while I'm driving Mm -hmm. just to kind of, you know, keep my wits about me. And so I'm not like, you know, hungry and tired. And it's that kind of thing. Who came through? Who came through for you after you, you did that? That search. Jack in the box came through. Yeah. Hey. Jack in the Box came through. I will say though, I am mad at Jack in the Box. Let me say this too. Uh, yeah. A bunch. Hold on. Of Let di- me give you the floor for this. Mm-hmm. Thank you. A bunch of different fast food eateries have taken away their French fry and uh, squeezy cheese kind of situation, and that's another underrated thing. Jack in the Box got rid of their potato wedges. Taco oh, Bell yeah. keeps fucking around and taking their nacho fries back. And when they bring mm-hmm. them back, they bring them back for a little more expensive. And it's not a huge deal, but don't think I didn't notice Taco Bell yeah. that that's what y'all mm-hmm. are doing. And it's right. like cheese fries are so good, clearly. Yeah. So someone needs to have a consistent cheese fry on their menu. That's all I'm saying about it. Yeah, that's that's it. That's all. You have to go. It's, yeah, it's like Shake Shack, but then they're not open late, and that's like oh, you know, that's like that's like that's a spend, you know. But yeah. you want to have. Because, oh, remember when uh, McDonald's did it for a second, though? No. They had cheesy bacon fries. It was like an experimental thing. Yeah. And then they they took it from us. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I I love uh, that's usually like it's funny that you say that because that's when in my mind I go, oh, I'm not giving a fuck about what I'm eating today. It's I usually go for some kind of cheese fry conglomeration uh, that is not good. Yeah, but it doesn't feel like fries. It feels more like, oh, I'm having a meal. There's cheese. Yeah, because they're because I need a fork. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly the context is different and mm-hmm. this might have nutrients. <laughs> There's so many. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fork. I mean, shit. <laughs> There's so many wild things happening with the supply chain. If anybody knows why the uh, cheesy fries keep going away, let us know. Because, yeah, that's not unacceptable. We're probably just in a minority. You know, unfortunately, it's, it's probably always money. You know, right, right. But who doesn't like cheesy fries? Right. Who's like, oh, yeah, these fries are good enough as is. I'm glad there's no good cheese on them. Yeah. Nobody on this podcast. I'll tell Uh, you that. mm -hmm. Yeah. We got look, we got enough of America's problems to deal with in this show. So (laughs) stay focused. I mean, uh, all right, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about some lesser problems. And we're back. And let's check in with the California recall. The vote is mere days away. One day to be One, exact. Mere day away. An hour tomorrow. Away. And it, you know, the the numbers, the polls, which are uh, absolutely no indication of what's going to happen, but it does uh, affect how people think about what's going to happen, uh, mm-hmm. seem to suggest Newsom is, has firmed up his position. But yeah, he, he's basically just kind of gestured at the GOP and been like, that is 
what you want? Yeah. The, in the beginning, everyone, I remember the first, when a lot of the early polling came out, you're like, oh my God, there's a real fuck. There's a huge enthusiasm gap between Republicans who just want to get, get one in to try and, you know, oust the governor and replace it with, you know, fucking wannabe fascist Larry Elder. Mm. And because of the messaging that's come out, because, you know, they relied on the powers of like Kamala Harris, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren. I think Joe Biden is going to has like made an appearance or at some point, you know, like you have Obama tweeting about this and so many ads that the gap has begun to tighten. And yeah, like you're saying, his whole thing has nothing to really do about like, yo, look what I did for the state, because let's let's be really clear at the moment. Gavin Newsom hasn't decided where he stands like on a bill that is trying to restructure warehouse uh, standards that would essentially be it's very much pointed at Amazon to give people, you know, time to urinate. And he's still kind of like, hmm, look, let me let, let me consider this. So we kind of know what we get with Gavin Newsom. But in comparison, what he's doing is, hey, look over there, look at what they're going to do. It's just essentially that if you pick the other guy, it's going to exacerbate coronavirus, the like the pandemic because they're going to repeal all of the health and safety measures and just basically be like, yeah, they're going to be like Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump. And that has, I guess, been enough for people to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't want that because he's not he's not talking about his own record at all. Every politician's dream is running against a a level of incompetence or a bar that is being lowered so rapidly that all you have to do is stand in front of the soft focus of the nothing you've done yeah. and point over there and be like, oh, yeah, that looks pretty bad, huh? Right. Right. Okay, yeah, I know I, I don't, I'm not really being unequivocal about whether I believe workers should have the time to pee, but yeah. look at this, though, huh? <laughs> but get a load of this guy. <laughs> look at this guy. He tried to, he tried to, he ate his mask on the steps of the Capitol. I mean, this, is this your governor? I don't know. Um, but yeah, t- speaking of that low bar, they're loving it. Uh, But more than anything, it seems like the Democratic Party is also really starting to see something that they can run on, which isn't like, hey, remember all that shit we promised you in the presidential election? It's going to be more a midterm thing of like the pandemic could go fully backwards if you give these people more power because they're telling you what they want to do, which is like all bets are off. Let's embrace COVID again because we don't want rules, which seems a little bit dangerous because. The COVID situation and the national mood with regards to COVID seems to change from day to day. So mm-hmm. like that seems like I, I don't know. I I might just like do the things you promised to do and uh actually like protect work. No, no, no. Come on, come on, come on. Who lost shh, their job. Shh, hush a bye, hush a bye. No, no, no. We're it's just gonna hush a bye, hush I assume part of it's because of like ideology and the belief that Democrats are actually meant to impact positive change. But it's it's sort of odd to me when I think about it that if a Republican runs against the idea of being like, you know, look over there, it could be so much worse when mm-hmm. they when they don't have a, a platform or a campaign to run on and just right. you know, which is just pointing at something else. It feels like quite a powerful political weapon and it's useful when the Democrats do it. You're like, no, no, you don't get this. Like you don't get to do this one. Right. You have to. You have to have ideas. Right. Right. And it's like I. I don't know if that's the framework through which you see it as well, but it's sort of. Um. I, yeah, I can't quite get my head around it. Well, it's the. I mean, kind of think about it that way. I feel like allows the Republicans to sort of set the standard of what. Yeah. Like you know the that 
you just have to like fight at their level kind of fucks the fucks the society and unfortunately politicians do have power yeah they drag you down to the level and then they go you I look at you down here in the mud this yeah, is where right. we live yeah and this whole thing is you know in regards to these stricter rules Gavin Newsom has been pretty strict comparatively with how he's running California and certain mandates like and whether or not they're asking for higher safety standards in schools and things like that have sort of been kind of the front of mind for him. And but there's also, you know, McAuliffe in Virginia. He's also been pretty strict. And overall, they've seen that when the governors do that, it pulls even well with like independence. So they're really mm -hmm. kind of sort of maneuver drafting behind this sentiment that exists sure. in the country that so many people are like, why are we fucking handholding people who reject any notion that these vaccines and just basic safety standards are going to help us get out of this pandemic like we we need to get our we we need to sort of get side with people who are saying please you know lead us out of here rather than kind of like holding your hands up and being like i don't know it's a local decision like let's see what you can do as yeah. a leader and and that's that's been, I guess they've they've appreciated that bump uh, in enthusiasm over things like that. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate it. Like every indication, like we're about to talk about Biden, like making mandates kind of the standard. I, I every indication seems to be that they've got polling that suggests Americans are, are for majority, like not the people we're seeing in those uh, school board meetings. But no. But they're yeah. just the loudest. And, you know, a lot of people point to the fact that the, a lot of that behavior is, you know, whether by design or not, intended to give people this like data to say, like, you're not alone. There's many of us like this. Mm. Join this movement when it's it's a yeah. pretty vocal minority. And then mm. along with the governor election, I think we're also seeing what the Republican strategy is going to be, too, which is, again, just screaming at the top of your lungs. They're going to steal the election. Because that's what Larry Elder, who has been the sort of front runner, if the recall goes through, if it gets past 50 percent, he said, quote, what I believe is that no matter what they do, and I believe that there might very well be shenanigans as it were in the 2020 election, no matter what they do. So many Californians are angry about what's going on. And then he said he has a voter integrity board. I don't know what that means. Like, I have a voter integrity board all set up. Most it's of these people board. are lawyers. It's yeah, it's an ironing board. board. Yeah, yeah. It just checks the but integrity it has, like, of all, all sorts of <laughs> all sorts of uh, divining rods and stuff. Right. And they say, so when people hear things, they contact us. We're going to file lawsuits in a timely fashion. Now, that may be tough. Just the shenanigans argument, because the number of act, you know, the, the number of actual Republicans in the state mathematically sort of makes this a bit difficult. If the turnout is around 55 percent in the state, then the, the like for the recall campaign, to have to be successful, they would need more people to turn up for the recall as they did for people that voted for Trump in 2020. Right. So, so that's good. Yeah. Like we're starting to look at like a lot of analysts are looking at the number of ballots that have already come in and like that it's double for Democrats and things like that. Plus what the real number is like as they see the projections, what could happen again? We could be completely fucking up and be, be, right. <laughs> they're swearing in fucking Larry Elder at some point. I mean, all that to say, if you live in California, please vote. I yes, know it's yeah. not perfect when we all have our misgivings, especially with how this state could be run better. Yes. Uh, but absolutely. Again, we're caught in a fucking yes. stupid binary of like, do you know, Kroger brand Patrick Bateman 
or the the <laughs> fucking radio host who's like, man, slavery was like just such a joke, y'all. And I'm black, so you can take my word for it, white racist people. Right. That's right. Vote Californians. I live in Auckland, New Zealand. I've been I've been sending them all sorts of fraudulent ballots. <laughs> <laughs> Doing your if part. I, if I can vote, so too can you. <laughs> if I can vote all the way from Auckland, what's your excuse? And by the way, something we have brought up before, because the way that Newsom and the Democrats have kind of played this is that they tell you to vote no on whether he should be recalled, but then they also tell you not to vote. In the second part of the election, which is where you would pick a candidate that would replace him if he were voted out. And we didn't we said we didn't know if like if you vote no, you can still vote for somebody and you can. So Mm -hmm. you're first voting no, don't replace him. But if for some reason he does lose that and just think about every major election and how much conservative the conservative side has overperformed based on the polling, like a, like from Brexit forward. So you have to get out there. You have to vote no. But then, I don't know, vote like there's it does feel like the, the Democrats should have consolidated behind a single candidate. I think that there's a guy named Dr. Brandon Ross, who's just a doctor. Uh, he's not he's not like a politician or anything, but he basically just says, a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> but like he's not like a nothing more, he, nothing less. He's he's just like I ran because it didn't seem like there were any real Democrats who were running like the leading Democrat candidate is a YouTube influencer who seems to be like more economically libertarian than anything else. And so. I don't know. I'm going Dr. Brandon Ross for the win. Long shot. You're not going to go for Kevin Pathraff, the YouTube financial advice guy? <laughs> no. Doesn't, oh, he seem, doesn't he seem like kind of libertarian? Dude, he's, the second you're like, I think vaccine mandates decisions should be left to individual businesses yeah. and schools. You're like, okay. bye-bye. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't know. If you want to like vote, as insurance, after you vote no, I, I would go Dr. Brandon Ross because he's like, yeah, we're just going to do the same thing as Newsom did, which is better than all the other alternatives that I've seen. He's running um, the best stealth campaign. He's like, I'm a fucking Republican, dude. <laughs> well, that's what I think. I, I legitimately think that's what's happening with Path Pathrath is that he he seems like he has he's like all a, Republican policies. Well, or, yeah, I mean, he's just that thing of, you know, socially accepting ish but then there's right. also a lot of like in your your busy my business rights type stuff right. to do when you're a financial advice guy you're not really out here advocating for the working poor you think. boys know he should be in charge don't you who? who's that well it's us thank <laughs> you <laughs> if the we were in the driver's no no it's oh. the three of us if we were in yeah. the driver's seat thank you, know, you. we'd this... iron all these kinks out no trouble no worries Get yeah. this unholy triumvirate into the governor's mansion, please. Vote O'Brien Gray Montgomery. OMG. OMG. Wow. Oh, shit. Uh, watch. That could be something in the future where people are like, I don't know. I like this group of three bros rather than <laughs> right. one candidate. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> And let's talk about Chris Wallace real quick. He oh interviewed uh, Nebraska Governor Pete Ricketts. Pete Ricketts. Yep. There he is, Pete. <laughs> about, Love. you know, his stance on the vaccine. And he brought up what seems like a pretty straightforward question that 
I'd, I'd assume every single person who has ever questioned vaccine mandates would ask has, themselves this. Yeah, would ask themselves like this would be the first thing. Like, what's the difference between this and the other vaccines that are mandated already? Well, this is yeah, this is the common ailment of the modern Republican politician or of this age, which is like having to be so deep in your own self-delusion plus mental gymnastics to try and rationalize how you aren't just a completely just like manifested walking contradiction. Mm. And, you know, he said in before in the top of this interview goes like, look, man, I've been I'm not against vaccines. OK, I've, I've said that they work. I know that they're safe. So, you know, it's this is about like kind of, you know, who do people trust? And then that's where Chris Wallace is like, Governor Ricketts, I'm about to put a graphic up. These are all the vaccines that you mandate in the state of Nebraska for someone to go to school. He's like, so uh, pertussis, measles, mumps, rubella, hep B, chicken pox. And he's like, so family, why don't you have the same energy for these vaccines? <laughs> and this is his answer. And he tries very good to be like, oh, you didn't catch me. You didn't catch me off guard with this. I'll just give a non-answer. Are those mandates that parents in your state must comply with and do comply with routinely, why is it that they're not so objectionable and such a violation of personal freedom, but Biden's vaccine mandates are? Well, for all those that you just listed, there's a long history that parents have had the opportunity to see how those things have been implemented. And there's still a lot of people out there who don't know what to trust. And in fact, this is really an outcome of what the CDC has done because they flip-flopped on so many issues, whether it's masks or whether you have to mask after you've been vaccinated and so forth. There's just a lot of people out there who don't know who to trust right now. And so by having the government force it on, you're not building the trust where we have the trust with those other vaccines. This is a process that's going to take time to bring people along, and that's why it should be a personal choice and not something mandated by the government. But, but okay, so he goes on, and he'll never give a satisfying answer because the truth is he's not even sure why they're okay yeah. with that one. But he found a clever thing, which was optics. Yeah, and if you're a, a if you truly want to believe this version of the reality you're experiencing, which is uh, the vaccines are bad, that yeah, it's like well they've been around long enough. It's time. Time is the thing that mm -hmm. is, you know, blah, blah, blah. So he's not even saying they're unsafe, right? And he keeps going back to this argument that just people are unsure. They don't right. know who to trust. Right. Okay. Well, the, well, what do you do? Because right now the, the plan seems to be, okay, just let the pandemic rage on. Um, he's like, but also like we have to hold hands with the people whose only news source is a Facebook group. Right. Like, so But my question to all of this is, what the fuck is your solution then? Right. If you are a fucking leader, I don't care if you're a Republican yeah, or a Democrat, you're a fucking leader. Right. Yeah. So fucking come up with a solution. Don't just say people are just unsure. And yeah. So you you up top you said that you believe the vaccine was safe. You believe that it works. Is that true? I'm pretty sure it is on some level because we've seen how I know that. But, right. uh, you know, as for the people who I lead for a living for my job, how are they supposed to know that? Right. And the thing is, I can't offer a solution because then that would solve the problem and we would have nothing to push back against because as a default, the Republicans are now just we cape for the corporations as much as Democrats. But we do it in a way that's very straightforward and then we'll wrap it in a liberty argument mm -hmm. so it gets enough people fired up. Yeah. And mm -hmm. that's why I'm just like, what? I, I wish more people would just pivot an interview like that and say, OK, then what's the solution? Right. 
if you're diagnosing all of these reasons why people are so if you say the CDC, then how would you speak to them? Do you yourself want everyone to be vaccinated? But they'll never say that part. You know what I mean? Mm. It always has to be, you know, that's why this thing should be a personal choice until when. Mm. You see, it's it's never a situation of like it. They always put it like, oh, well, people don't know what to believe. The CDC keeps flip flopping and this and that and that and this. And it's like no one is it's that kind of thing just strokes somebody's God complex of like, if I don't understand it, it's not real and it's not true. It's there's Mm. never a thing of like, yeah, things are going to be different when we find new information. This virus didn't come with a warning label or with a nutritional sticker on it or anything like you're watching science happen. Like we're going to find new things and we're going to pivot. It's never that messaging. It's always well, they keep hearing a bunch of different things and they're in two different Facebook groups and they have conflicting information from those. So we just don't know what to believe and we're going to give parents autonomy, which is a terrifying kind of a thing because like, uh, just, right. the, just the argument of like, well, I don't understand it is like, well, you don't understand okay, Cheetos a, and you right. still eat them. Mm. Yeah. Like you that don't means, understand a lot. Like. So many people failed math, failed science are like, well, I don't get it. So it's not true. And it's like, you don't get a lot. Right. You know? Right. It's like, I don't, I don't understand math. So when, when I look at my bank account, it says negative something. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that means. What is that (laughs) math? Well, I don't understand math. So please don't, don't, uh, encumber me with your rigid dedication to this thing you call mathematics, please. Yeah. Now give me my $500 I would like right now. <laughs> I don't know what overdrawn means. I'm not an illustrator. Please. <laughs> do not, I do not agree with these things. And yeah, we're, that's why I'm just like, I, I feel like Democrats really just need to be pointing at them if they want as a strategy. Like, watch this. They're not going to suggest a fucking thing to solve the problem. Mm-hmm. Right. That's it. Just so you know, the only solu- the only solution they have is just to say no to yeah. any idea other people have. That's not leading. That's just yeah. you a drunk asshole at a bar who's buttoning on a conversation you had nothing to do with. Like, oh, what do you guys know about house music? I'm like, what mm-hmm. the fuck? Nobody asked you. <laughs> that's exactly that. Please get away. <laughs> but this is the thing. I mean, like, that's why I would just you'd you'd hope that on some I don't know. That's I think where uh the the real sinister kind of want to be fascist is going to be able to talk like that oh yeah yeah you know what i mean and it's oh, not yeah. just going to be like oh yeah well you know we can't do that it seems like no what we actually need to be doing is this and this and this that, that and the other but right now i think it's because everything has been so caught up in this like back and forth culture war nonsense that even something this simple because chris wallace even said he even tried to present it to pete ricketts it's like i mean like look if you think about it this is a vaccine that works i mean president trump had a lot to do with it happening i mean like it started with his administration mm-hmm. and it works it's been tested well, what's the problem and he was still just like people aren't sure <laughs> well then as a leader wouldn't you say hey you can trust me if you said they don't know who to trust can they trust you right and are you what would you say mm-hmm. if they yeah. trust you that seems so, like a very uh, obvious follow-up. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What do I know? What do we know? I'm just trying to make people feel smart for being stupid. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's well, again, it goes back it. to the thing. We don't Americans don't know how to check themselves. You right. know, like, because we have so many people, like, this whole thing is like, I don't know if Joe Biden should have scolded these people. Well, look mm. how many people passed away. Yeah, and think right. of the people that are, especially, man, frontline healthcare workers. The mental health crisis that they're experiencing from like wanting to help people and just seeing 
ambulance after ambulance or patient after patient of someone who's like, I didn't look after my own health. And like now I'm in a really bad way. And also like, give me this medicine that isn't FDA approved. And also I won't be vaccinated, but also please, can I not die? Can I look you in your eyes as I'm dying and say, help me? Like that shit is the ones who beg for the vaccine on their deathbeds. Like, I've been reading so much where like, you finally get them to want to do what they should do. And it's like so painfully too late that like, yeah, hits you right in the gut. Yeah. Yeah. And I unnecessary. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is that this whole thing was just they thought they could create a sentiment within the country that could just ignore the like massive amount of like preventable death that's occurring. I think that was really their only plan. Like, I don't know, let's just get our heads down and then maybe people will stop caring about it. But this is a problem that's unlike the the problems they usually like to get involved in, which would be like fighting wars and shit. Yeah. And because this is a completely different one that requires people to actually do what's best for each other, they found themselves completely out of sorts. It's like, well, fuck it, man. Like, let's hope people aren't getting, we can get over the amount of people that are dying. Yeah. Yeah. It's straight up a death cult at this point. The, the right, a prominent anti-masker and anti-vaxxer who was known for wearing a uh, Zorro mask to uh, Staples passed away over the weekend, Veronica Wolski. And the hospital, like, had to be evacuated a couple of times because people were phoning in bomb threats and trying because she was being treated with, like, ivermectin or, you know, whatever the people who, as Miles said, get their news from Facebook groups were telling the doc, demanding the doctors treat her with. So, you know. They don't know who to trust, but they know what the dosage and treatment ought to be. Right. (laughs) That's right. Yep. That's why I mean, again, like it just I think it's just revealing so much about the human psyche, too, as especially as it relates to Americans. I mean, like so much of this is about unwilling to embrace the unknown. Yes. Because for those people, the only control they can exert is to not get vaccinated. Yes. After that, I think to them, it's such a dice roll, whether they believe it's a scientific dice roll or maybe they're just full on some other shit and they'll never get it anyway. But there's just it's like it's just human nature. We have. We have to know what's going to happen. And when we don't, we get very anxious. That's just our human nature. Like whenever we're in situations where things are uncertain, can cause a lot of anxiety and stress. And especially as it relates to something like this, that requires people to trust that it just shows that there's like limits to that. And in this case, people think they're going to they feel safer by not doing it, even though the results are to the, you know, they're getting the the counter result uh, that they thought they would. And we did have this during the 1911 pandemic. It was less sort of incendiary because there was not social media, but there was a big resistance to getting the vaccine. And they had to go door to door to make sure people got the vaccine. And ultimately, they won that battle. But it remains to be seen whether we will be able to win that battle in a world that does have Facebook. Mm -hmm. That really, like, it seems... I feel like it's getting passe and also like it's just boring to keep being like social media is evil. But it really like I mean that all these stories that we're talking about, like you keep coming back to the fact that the problem would be solved if there weren't, you know, people lying, passing off lies as as facts on social media. Yeah, well, because Facebook kind of gives people legitimacy in that sense. It's one thing if it's like a back as Hey, back in our day, we remember the early internet where some wacky shit, it was like on a GeoCities website 
and you looked at it, you're like, this is trash. I can tell by looking at it. Right. This is nothing is real on this page. Nothing. But Facebook, I think, lends a certain veneer of like validity to a lot of those things because of the formatting and things like that, that there's like a lot of presentational graphic things that I think are that kind of bolster this shit. And tomorrow, actually, we'll talk about because this this article just came out. The Washington Post found out like Facebook has like this whole plat, like this whole program where there are like certain users that are they can violate the the user guidelines mm. and they'll keep them there because they're prominent uh, profiles. Right. So, you know, we'll we'll do a little we'll talk a little bit more about that. But, yeah, there's there's many things that are consciously happening too that kind of keep these, you know, ecosystems humming. Mm. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. I just saw a quote from Governor Newsom's team that says, no scenario we lose. So I can basically take that to mean that that they have lost uh, by the time you're listening to this. And uh, apologies (sighs) to the future. (laughs) <laughs> All right, let's talk uh, really briefly about the latest revelations in this Woodward book, uh, Peril, uh, about the kind of transition from Trump to Biden. One of the revelations is that China was convinced that because Trump was getting belligerent just leading into the election as he kind of faced the possibility that he might lose, that, you know, the U.S. government was unstable, the transfer of power was up in the air, and he was you know, starting to talk shit about starting a war with China or Iran. And to the point that one of the generals had to call his Chinese counterpart and say, this is a quote, I want to assure you that the American government is stable and everything is going to be okay. We are not going to attack or conduct any kinetic operations against you. That shit was... So first of all, that's just like what what you say. Like that sounds like a publicist talking about <laughs> about right. a person who has just like you know been checked in somewhere. But that was before the attacks of January sixth, at which point they were certain something bad was going to happen because right. they were witnessing what was clearly an attempted coup to everyone outside of the country. I feel like because we still live in this country with like Fox News and Trump supporters, we're probably like uniquely insulated from the truth of like how dangerous that situation was. But after January 6th, China was freaking the fuck out uh, and the military had to like actually make changes to delay military exercises. So in this second call to address Chinese fears about the events of January 6th, General Milley promised We are 100% steady. Everything's fine. But democracy can be sloppy sometimes. Oh, and that didn't work. You know, it's us. They were still rattled. (laughs) (laughs) Bunch of rascals. That's us, you know. Yeah. He also felt the need after that call to confirm with the people responsible for physically launching nuclear weapons that he had to be involved with the process. Like he was like, okay, so just so we're clear, let's run it through. He could come in here, start telling you to launch nukes at China, but you have to bring me into the room, too. Like, I have to be involved in that conversation. And so, the, And by the way, this is somebody that was appointed by Trump. So this is yeah. not 
a deep state actor from like the Obama administration. The head of the CIA, also a Trump appointee, was of the opinion that America was on the way to a right wing coup. So, yeah, it was as bad as it as it looked, basically, is what Mm -hmm. is what you're hearing. Like, literally, this is a quote. CIA director Gina Haspel, for instance, reportedly told Milley, quote, we are on the way to a right wing coup. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah. Oh, what do you know, Gina Haspel, you black site operator? Right. Uh, I know a thing or two about seeing a coup, okay? Yeah, right. <laughs> the, the one thing the that CIA. they do know is uh, yeah. Yeah. this sort of shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's true. Everybody outside of the United States knew that. They agreed, right? right. No one was ever like, nobody was saying, well, you know, democracy can be sloppy sometimes. They're like, right. what the fuck is happening over there? Yeah. And then imagine like all the tense geopolitical shit that's already up in the air, right? Yeah. And very, in many cases, very much like just a few bad calls or a few misinterpretations from going very wrong very quickly. You see that and you're like, well, can we, like, I don't think people often understand in the United States that peaceful transfer of power is one of the, the sort of golden geese of of any nation state and it's not it it feels like it's a sure thing for a lot of people who grew up here because it almost always was but that never guarantees that it will be the case the next right. time that power yeah. is transferred and like other countries are very very familiar with this and this is like any time you hear about an election coming up in any country you can be you can be a hundred percent certain that the world's intelligence agencies and the big corporations are keeping a close eye on it because if shit's gonna go wrong, that's when it's most likely to happen. And like I, I, I agree with you. I think people don't know just how dangerous, or maybe don't want to admit just how yeah. dangerous, how close this was. I mean, is it is it like Cuban Missile Crisis level close? I, yeah, I, don't, I don't think know. that's hyperbolic to say. Yeah, that's what Evans always says when he went over to Kiev to like after that the ukraine capital like kind of devolved into a civil war like the thing he kept hearing was people being like i can't believe it happened here we never thought it could happen here and it it's just what when it's another country it's just like yeah that's what happens in other countries because that's the international news that we get but when it's your country you're like well i have a uh wealth of experience that tells me that our country does not devolve into a coup. And I also, it's now part of a political, like, discourse as to whether that was even what I saw. So it just like, (laughs) also, and this is going to surprise you guys, uh, it turns out Mike Pence uh, is a spineless weasel. He was definitely considering overturning, upending the election certification even spoke to, and this is terrifying, that the fate of our country was in these two guys' hands. He had a conversation with Vice President Dan Quayle, uh, who oversaw the certification of the 92 election uh, in which he was on the losing ticket and appeared in that conversation open to going along with Trump's plan, uh, pushed the false claim that Arizona's voting systems or voting results were wrong. Uh, and asked where, whether there was any way he could delay certification. So it was it was on the fucking table. Things almost went as bad as we had feared they they could go. And Dan Quayle is still alive. Yeah, still out here doing I it. I didn't know that. From that, let's uh, let's talk Rudy Giuliani. 
Mark Milley also makes an appearance in this one, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that. Two for two. Yeah. He's um, like, I mean, he had a he had a great evening on the 20th anniversary of 9-11. He went to Cipriani, you right. know, a nice dinner. It's his Christmas, you know. He we got have Christmas. the most he has drunk I think we've ever seen him. You know, he's had some remarkable appearances on Fox where he was a little bit, uh, you know, animated. Yep. A little sloppy yeah. with his pronunciation, and but this is clearly something else. So something that was just on such a level that he had to do an interview with the Daily Mail the next day to like clear up what like immediately after. after. Yeah, yeah. So let's check out one of his the thing that really caught a lot of people in the UK's attention when he was talking about you know kind of the his interaction with Queen Elizabeth <laughs> when he was given a, a, an, a an honor after nine eleven. She said, you did, you did a wonderful job on September 11. And therefore, I'm making you an honorary knight, commander of the royal something or other. I turned down a knighthood because if you took a knighthood, you had to lose your citizenship. I know Prince Andrew is very uh, questionable mm -hmm. now. I never went out with him. Ever. Never, never had a drink with him. Like, never oh, was man. with a woman or a young girl with him. What ever, ever, ever. One what? time, I met him in my wow. office, and one time when we had the party, right, Bernie? You were there. Okay. Uh, wow. So I never Bernie had a Carrick? drink with him. <laughs> he did a voice. Oh <laughs> yeah. He, he he later. <laughs> this is this fucking interview that he said he defended that the Queen Elizabeth thing. He was just saying, like, he's like, I wasn't mocking the queen. Okay, first of all, it was, quote, an interpretation that's totally unfair. I use an English accent. And he goes on to say, and I have never mocked it. I imitate Churchill sometimes. He's, you know, it, wow. he, he has, a, he's like, I have a sick English accent. Like, sue me. <laughs> I am hilarious when I do an yeah. English accent. That his English accent sounds like he's got, like, shit in his mouth like it, it sounds <laughs> yeah. like that i mean the way he, the way he kicked that off was a little look two out of ten on the attempt rudy sorry right uh, and he again he wanted to clarify he was not drunk okay he said quote i am not a drunk i don't think i've ever been publicly drunk in my life the last time i was was probably in college i like to drink scotch and have cigars that's where it probably comes from. I drink moderate amounts of scotch. I mostly drink scotch because I like to have it with cigars. I didn't have a cigar last night. And this is a caricature that the left is trying to put on me. I can't remember the last time I was drunk. I'm, and I'm not just going to put up with it anymore. I've got to do something about it. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh -huh. It sounds like halfway through saying that denial, he started thinking about scotch. Right. And just, <laughs> yeah. Like imagining scotch. Right. Just moderate amounts of scotch. I love scotch, especially yeah. from the Highlands. Uh, you know, when there's just nothing you. like it. Just uh, like at a 6 peat. p.m. Night peat. Nice right. peat to it, you know. And he continued the, the I don't know, the theatrics, the, the, the tirade, the slam dunking upon of people. But this time, he, I don't even know where this one is exactly going. This one, he clearly has bad feelings about General Mark Milley, who we were just talking about. And likes to call him Miley, okay? Because that's Ooh. how he emasculates him, I guess. Miley? How did, how's that guy a general? Jesus. The other day, he said that the Bagram Air Force Base 
It's not strategically important. I wanted to grab his, what do you have, five stars, ten stars, twelve stars? He has so many stars that are coming up into his ears. I wanted to grab his stars, shove it down his throat and say, it's 400 miles from China, asshole! China huh. is going to be our enemy for the next 40 years. You huh. have an air base 400 miles from them and you're giving it up, idiot! What the hell is wrong with you? Who pays you? Uh, uh, Donald Trump? Wow. But people, like, you can also just feel the crowd is, like, scared a little yeah. bit. <laughs> yeah. Because like, it's about 9-11, and he's like, <laughs> who oh, pays yeah, you, I, you asshole? I totally forgot that was supposed to be about 9-11. <laughs> uh, Sorry. The Prince uh, Andrew thing was, like, but that that performance that we just heard, wonderful. But the Prince Andrew thing was... Why do we think he started talking about Prince Andrew? Has he been alleged to be involved in the Prince Andrew stuff? Uh, just... I think it, yeah, it's some at some level, or maybe he's just trying to get in front of it, like uh, like you guys said with Elder. But Prince Andrew is currently embroiled in the ongoing legal oh, I dispute, know. Yeah. right? Of whether but he just... actually got served those papers, so it might be. Maybe because him and Dershowitz team up so much. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, like that there's call. there's connective tissue. And it's I mean, sucky. he's been photographed with Prince Andrew before. Uh, yeah. 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 It's him. just such a like guilty dog barking first kind of cliche. Right. You know what I right. mean? It's like if if you meet somebody and the first thing they say is like, look, you can uh, sometimes helicopters go missing. And that's the first right. thing they say. You're like, what? the fuck is up with you with helicopters bro <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> and, like, ask about that yeah, yeah and it's there's something about the also just like his delivery of it too like he's saying it like it's a like it clearly made the room feel weird too because everyone's like yeah prince andrew oh. who's like an alleged like sex criminal yeah and he's like i never party with him right come on folks hey <laughs> okay. I didn't just that once you were there right Bernie. and then they thought everybody's like yeah Rudy, like you're, that's a grim topic. So yeah. it's nine eleven, right. and you're still up here, just off your face. Meanwhile, saying that he's not functioning alcoholic, he's just functioning. Yeah, uh, was another interesting quote from that. Yeah, okay. he said, "I'm, I'm not a, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a functional. I'm not an alcoholic." <laughs> he like stopped himself from saying, "I'm a functional alcoholic." To, uh, yeah. and Churchill also uh, famously soused. Yeah, yeah throughout much of world war ii yeah he made it look better though the difference between rudy and churchill is churchill makes us look good <laughs> uh oh, real shit. real briefly they're doing an apprentice for activism it's called the activist God. i don't know about this basically? yeah the contestants will engage in missions media stunts digital campaigns and community events aimed at garnering the attention of the world's most powerful decision makers. And what's just, who, then who decides who's sexy yeah. enough to stay this week? Usher. Oh, um, oh yes. Okay. Noted, <laughs> noted activist. Usher and, uh, and uh, Priyanka, I think. Chopra? Priyanka Chopra Jonas? Yes. Priyanka Chopra Jonas and one other person whose name I'm not familiar with. It's just so. It's like. Predictable, really. It's predictable. It's highlighting the like most cynical bloodless version interpretation of the word activism like at a time when we 
need when there's like real energy and we need people to think of activism as something that's like approachable and can affect real change and Mm -hmm. they're doing going the route of like well you go with a think tank and then you like influence (laughs) the board of like bp to like invest in your fucking product and it's just like i just hopefully no nobody who's interested in activism will watch this hopefully nobody will watch this but especially nobody who's like if a young person is interested in activism watches this they're gonna be like oh fuck like what right that's what activism means like, water is important to me and that's right. why i'm here to talk with the rand corporation the good right, folks right. at nestle and our friends at mckenzie Right. Uh, that's where activism starts. Yes. Jesus. Tell H. us about your ideas. Oh, and we'd love to have you sit down with the folks at General Electric to talk about your anti-war uh, platform. Yes. They would yeah, love yeah. to hear about it. They, they have, can't They wait. are so excited to speak They're with you. They're just like shooting guns off. Right. Yeah, this totally has that energy of like what happens in boardrooms when like there are real stakes and but. They're just like, let's make this a weird product that has nothing to do with what it is because we don't even understand the importance of activism from our perspective because right. mm-hmm. nothing needs to change mm-hmm. based yeah. on how we live. So this would be a fun little show, right? Like you get all the people like who can make the best sign at a protest, like with only two <gasps> colors. No, no. You know Those what I mean? Like contest. That, yeah. It's you gonna be, be graded like, on poster design. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, I, and I don't know like if they're how they honor like the actual spirit of activism through a show like this you know if you're if if it's really that important like you you'll just you'll you'll identify people to get behind and and back them rather than like fight it out for who's the hottest activist right like who like okay one city three protests who can get the most people uh everybody pull your you're gonna pull your protest at random from this you know this helmet And uh, this helmet that was in Portland and your uh, protest is going to be announced by this week's celebrity carrot top 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 or whatever, you know, that's that's this is some Kendall Jenner, Pepsi commercial ass. Yes, I was thinking the same dude version of activism and no hate to carrot top comedy is hard. He's doing shows every day at Vegas and his biceps are harder. And his bicep- comedy's hard. hard. That My lifting. biceps are hard. <laughs> he will whip the shit out of me if he feels oh, yeah. disrespected. Big guy, so. that carrot top. You should see him. He's got biceps big. like Christmas hands. He's big, hands. folks. He's big. <laughs> 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 All right. That's going to do it for this week's weekly Zeitgeist. Please like and review the show if you like the show. Uh, means the world to Miles. He... He needs your validation, folks. Uh, I hope you're having a great weekend, and I will talk to you Monday. Bye.